Podcast number eight. And what's right around the corner is the 4th of July, our Independence Day. Our topic today is, is freedom really free? I want to bring in my co-host, Dale Udy. Welcome, Dale. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. It is a wonderful season of the year when we take these moments to really hold on to this aspect of freedom and what it came, the cost at which we paid to get there. Amen. Amen. Great time to celebrate those who have committed their lives or a portion of their life to, uh, to making sure we, we continue that, that process. People, I think Dale tend to take freedom for granted. I mean, I, th- I think we're seeing some of that in our country today, but because our country was founded and it, so the citizens could have that freedom for generations, it's been assumed that we will always be free. That's an assumption. But what does freedom really mean? What's our cost of freedom? What happens when it is taken for granted? And what's the outcome of that cost of freedom? Hmm. Well, today we want to look at the high cost of the military endeavors specifically uh, to, to make and to keep America free. And as time permits, we'll jump into the spiritual path of freedom. Who pays for that? What's that cost? And what do we need to do to retain it. Adele, I know. Well, yeah, I was going to say one of the, one of the things that, that you've just put on the table for us is to understand that freedom never comes free. It's always there with a cost. Someone's got to mm-hmm. do something and put something in, call it the skin in the game or whatever to make freedom really count for us. That's exactly right. But Dale, I know you have some military background and I know once you're in the military, you're never out of the military. Well, I think um, everybody that's ever served in the military always has that battle switch that gets turned on. And whether it's defending yourself or your family or your 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 property, there's always that sense of saying, how am I going to do this and how am I going to rise to the occasion? But I am I am a, not only veteran myself, I'm the son of a veteran, and then I have a son who's in the military. In fact, not many guys can say this, but I married a sailor. My wife was in the Navy. So we're a military family in many ways. Dale, I just want to pause for a minute and say thank you uh, to your dad, to you, to your son, to your wife for uh, the military uh, uh, support that you've given us and the time invested uh, for our freedom. It's much, much appreciated. Truly our honor. Mm, Wow. So um, I have a concept, but you can validate it for me or, or, or not. The concept is those in the military give up their safety and their freedom to preserve freedom for everyone else. You know, that's respond to that. I was going to say, that's really true. And someone said this to me once, and I didn't think about this when I actually signed my induction papers many years ago, but when a person signs up to serve in the United States military, of course, today it's an all volunteer force. But when you sign up, it is like giving a blank check. You're signing a check. The amount is not put in, and you are saying to those who are in authority over all of our military, including not only the military leaders, but those who are in political office as well, but you're saying to them, 
I'm, I'm filling out my part of this check. I don't know what it's going to cost me yet, but I'll let you fill in the amount mm. and I'm ready no matter what it is. Wow. That I, I really like that. That gives a great vivid picture of, of the cost or the commitment, not necessarily cost yet. Cause you don't know what that's going to be in the long run, but the commitment to be, to pay whatever price it is. And that's, and forward. I think that's the key part of this again, not realizing no one totally can understand the cost of freedom. What you do is you make that commitment that I'm ready to pay it, whatever price it takes, you can count on me. And I think that's what every person who takes that oath of office to serve in the United States military, that's what they give our country, that that freedom to put in, in effect, the, the amount that that check is going to be someday redeemed for. I did not serve in the military. And for those of us who have not, um, I had uh, asthma. They wouldn't take me at that time. But for those who would did not serve, um, to recognize what that kind of a commitment is, is exemplary. Mm-hmm. And it's encouraging. And it gives us a, a, an opportunity to see life through somebody else's eyeballs, which is I sign the check and uh, you fill it out. You yeah. fill it out. Yeah. Wow. That's commitment. That is commitment. I want to run through some stats. Now, no dollars are included in this. Just some of the military mover moves that we've had over the years. World War One, for example, there were 116,708. And I'm using exact numbers because each of those represents a life and a family that mm-hmm. paid the price mm-hmm. for my freedom. Uh, those were U.S. soldiers that were killed. There were a total of 9 to 11 million that died worldwide. Now, many of, much of that was from disease, not necessarily from conflict, but you get in those battle situations and disease can run rampant. World War II, 296,557 U.S. soldiers died. Mm. I mean, that's... a that's bigger than a lot of American cities. You think about that number is just massive. 67,000 were wounded. And this number blows me away as well. In the world, there were between 70 and 85 million who died in World War II. Again, some of that, over 20 million of that was from disease, not actual conflict. Hmm. Korean War. 36,914 U.S. soldiers died. 1.79 million served. Wow. Vietnam, the war that would never end. 1.4 million wounded. 415,000 worldwide died. 58,220 U.S. soldiers died. 3 to 4 million actually served. Gulf War, 694,550 served from the U.S., 383 died. Iraq and Afghanistan, 2.5 million have served from the U.S., 6,840 died. Now, this doesn't include some of the wars where it's hard to capture that data, Revolutionary War, War of 1812, Civil War, Mexican-American War. That's just a few of them. So the the toll of human life and the commitment to stand against those who would do us harm at the cost of their own life 
is is overwhelming to me when I read through these numbers and this data. How does it strike you? Well, I I see it the same way. Again, when when you hear about those and you see the memorials and everything else, you're sometimes trapped by not knowing how many truly lost their lives. And again, a life, uh, you know, it's 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 a life that obviously is gone, but there was a family that was impacted. And I love the exactly. way Ronald Reagan said this when he uh, talked about this one time at at a Veterans Day celebration during his term of office. And he said, many of these guys gave up two lives, the one that they that they gave up on the battlefield, but the one that they also gave up that we didn't really realize was the ability to come back and be a good husband and a father and a mm-hmm. grandfather to have that sage. Yep. And, they, and yep. they gave up both of those, the young life, obviously in the loss of their life in battle, but they also gave up that, that contribution to society that they would have made had they been able to come home. Mm. That was wisdom to be able to state it that way. It's certainly so true. Um, Just a quick story that you and I spoke of offline. We have some good friends. One of the guys, and the guy served in Vietnam for many years. We were talking to him not too long ago. We as in my wife and I with, with his wife and himself about What's going on in our country today, um, the military, all of those, uh, too, way too involved to get into a short podcast here. But the emotion that immediately came to the surface with this guy, and it, it you know, it's been 30, 40 years, right? Since roughly, I think that's the right time frame, 69 to 74, something like that. Uh, as part of it, went on, started earlier, went a little longer. But uh, the the impact that it had on him and the concern he has with what appears to be a country that takes freedom for granted. Mm. You know, they that's, take it that's a personally. I think most most people that serve and certainly put, let me go back to that term I used before, some skin in the game. Most yep. people that do that never want to look back and say that somebody squandered my investment. Right. And I think a lot of our guys that spent, you know, careers in the military feel somewhat like they, you know, they don't know the military of today in many ways. There are obviously still a lot of the same traditions, but it's changed an awful lot. And it's become a little bit more difficult to relate, I think, for some of our old veterans to to the new military. Military, yep, yep. Yeah, it's a different mindset, certainly. And and the way wars are done today is so much different than it was right. in World War II when it was, you know, hand-to-hand combat for the most part. Yep. And uh, that's where it pays such a heavy toll. Wow. Well, Dale, this is, um, I again, I just want to pause and say thank you and your family for your service. I want to thank anybody listening that has either a military background or military family. I have a brother-in-law who was uh, in Vietnam as well and uh, in special forces. And, uh, you know, it it changed his life. But he never regrets having done that because of the freedom he enjoys with his family today and his kids and now his grandkids. As tough as it is at times and as bad as we want to make it, it's still the greatest country on the face of the earth. And it's a privilege to live here because of those who have paid the price for our freedom. And, you know, just to tag along that, I think one of the greatest things that anybody can do is if you see a veteran, honor them. A word of thanks will be uh, at least a great starting point. But just let them know 
that the cost of freedom, the one that they paid for, you yep. still honor and thank them for. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it touches them. And I, you know, we see the hat or you see a vest or yep. a jacket or a shirt. I, I make a beeline because, uh, you know, I enjoy what I enjoy because they have served. Yep. And uh, so I want to absolutely honor them. <clears throat> Let's kind of turn the corner here for a little bit, talk about spiritual freedom for just a couple of minutes. There's a verse, Galatians 5.13, that I think really sums this up. It says, my bro- you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the whole law, or the entire law, is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's talking about spiritual freedom because of forgiveness of sins and the the work that the Holy Spirit does in our life to to free us from our past, free us from ourselves, free us from our future that we were headed down, uh, and gives us an eternity that that is uh, with with Him, with Christ, forever. Um, But there's some things in there, I think, that really impact our day-to-day that might that can change the the nature of our country again that can put us back where we need to in our communities our churches our governments uh, all those things are absolutely critical and that's just that that one law is fulfilled in keeping the one command it says the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command and that is love your neighbor as yourself how does that impact you bill well, you know, the, the, the way that the Apostle Paul put that, you've been given this freedom, but yes. don't misuse it. And I right. think that's the, that as we come to this July 4th holiday, I think as all Americans, we need to do, I think we should resolve in our hearts, we are not going to misuse our freedom. Yep. We're yep. going to use it not only to enjoy the freedom that we do have, but we're going to use that freedom to protect it and even provide greater freedoms maybe ahead of us. Amen. Well said. Well said. Well, as we wrap it up, let me just uh, wrap with this. With the high cost of our freedom that we enjoy in America, as well as the freedom that God has given to us spiritually, I want to encourage all of us and listeners as well to resolve to never take either freedom for granted but to live a life of gratitude that spills into the life of our family, our friends, our community, our workplace, and, of course, our church. I pray that for each of you who are listening. Dale, I pray that for you. I pray it for myself. Amen. That we live a life of honor and of respect and of humility that causes us to really be thankful and grateful for what we have in this country and the freedoms that God has given us to enjoy. Any final word? Well, have a great 4th of July, Wendell, but to all of our veterans and to all Americans, our citizens, our neighbors, our friends, have a great 4th of July. And just consider this, not only the spiritual freedom that you have because of the death and cost of Christ, but certainly to celebrate as a nation the freedom that's been procured for us through a great high price at times. Amen. Amen. Thank you for attending. Uh, If you wouldn't mind uh, going on your podcast networks and rate this, that would be tremendously, tremendously helpful. It would be a favor to me, and we would appreciate it. 
And uh, next time we'll talk about intergenerational, uh, the value of being in an intergenerational relationship and how it impacts those around us. Bless you. Have a great day. Be watchful.